7.02 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. We are in Hour 2 of the program. It is a loaded Hour 2. Hour 2 is brought to you by Primetime Craft Beer. Meticulously brewed for quality and taste, Primetime is full flavor without compromise. You can find it at a liquor store near you. Ask for it. Or... You can visit the brewery to see how it's made. We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintec, let's go to the dispatch plumbing, heating, and air conditioning hotline. The first call, the only call right now, although we will have multiple calls in this next hour. Uh, it's AJ from AJ's Pizza on East Broadway here on the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, AJ? What is going on, gents? How's the uh, day? Yeah, hey, think- I Yo, go ahead. I know you're up against it, but I but I do haven't asked us anything. Okay. But it's for Talkit. If oh. he remembers hanging out with me in 2007 in Vegas. <laughs> Write this down. Write this pre-Super down. Pre-Super Bowl, pre-Super Bowl Colts Bears. <laughs> what, what, what was the crowd like? Uh, Talkit's got a, a eclectic group of friends, I think. Oh, yeah. It was, it was super fun. It was awesome. It was it, it was amazing. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, yeah, I have a bunch of friends who kind of know him, so it was it was super fun. Yeah, uh, we got to do our locks of the week coming up soon. Uh, are you one of the like massive multi game parlay guys? Because I got a bunch of buddies that love doing. It. They put like one dollar down on twenty seven games to hit. I like, hit a big parlay last Sunday, but it's funny because I won't mention the app, but the app that I use because I took <laughs> Chiefs Lions. But they cash it out at half if you're up by 17 points. Right, the old cash out. I was feeling. I know the old cash out. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, my wife was still unhappy because the Chiefs won, but whatever. Um, this weekend, so it's a light weekend in sports, right? There's not a ton going on, but you do have the skills competition tonight. You have the All Star game tomorrow uh, at your place. What do you guys got on this weekend? What are you promoing? What's on for happy hour? Is there anything you want to get menu wise out I'm there? Gonna, to people? I'm gonna promo it for my wife. If you say and she, I'm just gonna have to dovetail off of this. If you say Chiefs suck for the next like ten days, <laughs> you get free garlic nuts. Chiefs suck for the next ten days. Okay, you, you get free garlic not every day. Okay. Oh, 10 days of garlic. You'll be very happy. Fantastic. I know. It's a 10-day promo. Do you have to actually order anything? Can you just text that in? Chief Soccer is <laughs> like, I just feel like some garlic knots. <laughs> you can just, totally I'm, I'm walking by and I'm like, you know what? I could do some garlic knots and walk in and be like, Chief Sock. Right. You can, and you, you don't have to order anything. You would just get them. Bruff, Bruff is going to walk by your shop 16 times this weekend, just yeah. arbitrarily yelling, Chief Suck, just I'm, I'm, I'm carb loading. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wait, well, January's over. Oh, that's right, too. Okay, AJ, thanks for doing this, bud. We appreciate it. A reminder, yeah. everyone stop by AJ's Pizza on East Broadway this weekend. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll do this again next Friday. Thank you, guys. You too. Yeah, take care. Thanks. Uh, come get a slice of Brooklyn and Vancouver. AJ's Pizza on East Broadway. Authentic Brooklyn-style pizza. Dine in or order online at AJ's.pizza. So because AJ's wife hates the Chiefs so much, uh, a remind that garlic knots, that's going to be our thing now. We're a mm-hmm. garlic knots show now. Okay, which that's is good. That's in your like wheelhouse. You like yeah, garlic yeah. bread, totally. A, yeah, a listener yeah, sent in a picture of the knots. Oh, they yeah, look good. They look deadly. So yeah. for the next ten really days, good. I believe you have to order either online through the app, or you can do it at AJ's Pizza, or you can just do it in person when you're in the shop. But uh, all you gotta do is say Chief Suck. It's just that simple. Okay, Adam Stanley. Do we have him on the line now? We're working on getting him on the line. So this is great because um, we kind of went over what's going on. The latest iteration between. 
the PGA Tour and Live and the PIF and all the other three-letter acronyms that I don't really understand. <laughs> also, uh, there's, Adam, a, there's a new one, SSG. Uh, again? The Strategic Sports Group. That's the, the next one. I can't keep up with all this. But the, Adam Adam is also, I mean, we're excited to have him on the show because he is now the newly minted full-time golf reporter for Sportsnet, and he joins us on the Halford & Breff Show now. It's Adam Stanley here to explain what all these acronyms mean. Uh, good morning, Adam. How are you? Good morning. Yes, I'm uh, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for the intro. Thanks so much for all your support over the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, it should be, should be fun going forward uh, formally uh, with you guys and keeping uh, – Keeping the opportunity to tell the stories that I've been doing uh, well, should be a lot of fun. Well, a lot of your storytelling is going to be about business, which I, I don't know how fun it is, but it is interesting. Okay, this new partnership with Strategic Sports Group, um, which is comprised of a bunch of really rich guys, some of them, a lot of whom who already own um, professional sports teams like yes. John Henry with the, with the Boston Red Sox, for example. Is this $3 billion investment more likely or less likely to bring the PGA Tour and live together? I think it's, it's more likely because at the end of the day, what the PGA Tour was struggling with, it, it, was, just, it was blowing through cash. It was blowing through its reserves. It was tapping sponsors for even more money and they end up losing some sponsors or they will be losing some sponsors as they go forward. So this injection of $1.5 billion pretty much right now uh, is going to help fill in some gaps and then another $1.5 billion uh, for moving forward. So they don't they don't really need PIF, but PIF, the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, is not going anywhere anytime soon so i think that that unification is is inevitable um the pga tour just now has a little bit more opportunity um to to put a a better fan-facing product forward um with this injection of cash like any other business that happens to get um some funding behind it the the real thing that's going to maybe hold off uh, hold the unification off transcends golf it transcends sports you know this that is my opinion uh i do think that we are on track for unification from those uh those entities but uh we they don't have a say in it because the american department of justice and, and some of the other you know the senate some of the other government entities are investigating this deal they're investigating PIF. they're investigating their involvement in an american sports league the pga tour uh and they may be the ones that have the final uh, say on it and any of that is probably going to get locked up in courts and in the Department of Justice for another year or so. So for right now, they're going to be two separate entities. They're going to be operating as such. But I think, you know, if, if this is 2026, then then that's probably going to be the time when things come together formally. So this investment, $1.5 billion now, maybe yeah. another uh, $1.5 billion later, the PGA Tour said nearly 200 of its members, which are the players, um, would get to become equity holders in PGA Tour enterprises. So is that just being granted stock in this new company, or is each player going to become like a franchise in sports? How, do, how does that work? Yeah, so that's a great question, because right, right now the PGA Tour is classified as like a total nonprofit. Like it's just a, essentially a charitable 
endeavor. So, you know, the, the PGA Tour members are independent contractors, and if they don't make a cut, they don't get paid. But now, as you are a member, I guess, in air quotes, of PGA Tour Enterprises, yeah, the, 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 the T's aren't really crossed there. The I's aren't really dotted. But, yeah, essentially they would become... I guess again in air quotes shareholders of this new of this new entity, and uh, because it's a for-profit thing, so SSG makes money, PJ Tour Enterprises makes money, the members make money, um, and then everyone's happy basically. And that's kind of the big thing, you know. Max Homa said it really succinctly on Twitter about this SSG group is that they're not just donating this money; they they're business people, successful business people, and they want to make money. And if they do, uh, the tour members who are now kind of minority owners, I guess, and in the best way of describing it, they'll make money too. Um, where does Rory McIlroy stand on all this? I cannot keep track of his position. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's a good question. Like I think he, you know, he was banging the he was the he was the man, you know, for for two years. He was very much like anti this, hate this, blah 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 blah. And now he's kind of he stepped away from the boardrooms, he stepped away from the calls, he stepped away from the spotlight, and he's just said, you know what, these guys piff, they've got all like literally all the money in the world and they're interested in golf and they don't want to go away and we're fighting a losing battle and we all just want to get the best players uh together competing more often that that's what we as top tier pros want to do so it does it does seem like rory is is in favor of this he's a fan of this um because the trickle down sort of objective at the end of it all whether it be in one year or two or two and a half or three is that the best players will all end up be playing together more often, which is kind of what he wanted this whole time. Right. Now, Jordan Spieth had almost the opposite to say. Like He, he, was, he was yeah. kind of like, yeah, I don't know about reunification. I don't know about letting the guys that went to live come back without penalty. This all, this all feels like it's just further muddying the waters, and I don't know. Like, are there so many different factions and opinions and groups involved that it might in theory make it even harder to reunite all the world's best golfers on the same tour? It it may because, but you look at the guys who are on the player advisory council now, um, which is kind of a 16 member, uh, the PGA tour pack. It's, it's really made up of a lot of, um, you know, rank and file guys, plus some of the top guys on, on the actual as actual board representation, um, it's a little bit 50, 50, I'd say there's kind of, you know, three or four rank and file guys. And then, uh, the rest is, you know, it's Tiger, it's Jordan Spieth, it's Patrick Cantlay. So they kind of speak for the top tier guys. So, you know, the fact that there is a half decent mix of lower tier and upper tier may involve a little bit more back and forth, a little bit more arguing. Um, but Spieth seemed to say something fascinating a couple of days ago was, you know, we don't need the PIF, you know, right now. billion is a lot of money and they can do a lot with it. Um, And it may just be one of those things where they, they are able to float along until the inevitable happens with, with the PIF. Um, But, you know, in, in a year or in two years, if the 1.5 billion, you know, gets doubled because they've made all this money because the, um, the way forward has been successful, then, then yeah, they may have to keep looking at it and, and say, do we really need to go forward and do this? So that's, you know, Spieth's opinion is one. I think Patrick Cantlay is kind of on that side too. Um, but then we've got Rory and, and certainly the guys who made the jump, who got the bag, like a John Rahm, you know, they're 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 ready to go. They want to get the bag and then unify the tour so then they can have the best of both worlds. And, and I think that may be a big hurdle for moving yeah. forward. 
Um, so we've had a bunch of people text into our show and say, like, I'm not even interested in golf right now. It's just it's it's too complicated. The fields seem watered down, and and this is a real this is a this is a good stretch of tournaments. We got um, we just we just had Torrey Pines. Um, we got Pebble Beach this weekend, and then there's the Waste Management, which is always fun yeah. on Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, and and then it all leads up to the Masters in April and there's a lot of fans that are just kind of like, yeah, I I don't know. I'm looking at these fields and you know, there's no John Rahm in it. There's there's no Dustin Johnson in it. This it's it doesn't seem doesn't seem quite as compelling as it used to for for me. So, with all these billions invested what's in it for fans of the game the fans who really just want to see all the best golfers on the same tour yeah i mean i think the good news is that at least for right now you know some of the business back and forth has been pretty much quashed like the tour got its deal uh live got its deal um the live season starts this week we're we're into this stretch of signature events um you know come sunday afternoon if rory and jt and jordan spieth um you know are in for the three of the top five guys at Pebble beach, the most iconic golf course that the tour plays for a regular event, then people aren't really going to care all that much. They're going to tune in. And then, you know, next week at the waste management, people are probably going to tune in because it's the waste management. And then Tiger's going to come and save the world again when he tees it up at the Genesis. So, um, you know, as far as kind of the, the outside noise, it's so loud right now, a hundred percent. And for the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of BS, a lot of stuff that the casual golf fan, certainly on the men's pro golf side of things, just is, it's making them totally tune out. And and I would agree with that. Even as a fan of the game, as someone who covers the game, this is literally my job. You know, if I, if I wasn't doing this and I was a hardcore fan, it would be, it would be a lot to, you know, want to continue to pay attention and really know, okay, what is actually happening? So, you know, the hardcore fans, even the casual sports fans, you know, they're probably going to tune in on Sunday because it's Pebble. They're probably going to tune in on the weekend because it's Waste Management and it's Rowdy. They're definitely going to tune in because it's Tiger. So hopefully as the weeks go on, the season chugs along, the season really kicks into high gear, people will just fall into their normal habits and the rest of the stuff will get figured out as time goes on. Uh, One final question. Which Canadian are you most bullish about this season? You know, I think it's it's got to be Nick Taylor. I mean, Corey Connors is number one ranked Canadian for a while and, and for a reason. But I think Nick, having done what he did last year, broken through, proved to himself that he can do it no matter what the stage. And just he's always hit the ball pretty far. His ball striking has been really good. And his putting, you know, last year went from whatever it was, 130th on tour the year prior to like 40th last year. And he's just dialed in. So I'm, I'm and he's more motivated than ever to not only make the President's Cup team, but also the Olympics because he's kind of on the older end of, of these guys at 35. So uh, I think Nick, um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Nick Taylor does this year for sure. Adam, this was great, man. Thanks for taking the time to do it. We really appreciate it. Congrats on the gig. It's awesome to have you aboard. And we'll be doing this again real sure, uh, real soon, I'm sure. Yeah, can't wait, fellas. Thanks so much for everything. Yeah, thank you, Adam. That's Adam Stanley, uh, Sportsnet golf analyst here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. Full-time guy now. I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Adam's great. He is a great guy. Yeah, and that was my question, actually, that I wanted to ask. How great are you? Adam, uh, <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, greatness, you, go. No, I wanted to ask him about... 
There's no quantitative analysis for interest in golf, right? There's no statistical analysis. There's no TV ratings. I yeah, suppose. but even then, it's all yeah. sort of like anecdotal stuff. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. we get it all the time into the Dunbar Lumber text line, like anecdotes about people tuning out. Yeah, I'd be curious as a guy that covers it full time, how much of this is just sort of like financial news fatigue. Like, I mean, for me, an extremely casual follower, mm-hmm. like I find all of this borderline nauseating. Right. You were interested in the story when it first broke, but it's just dragged on so long. Well, it hasn't dragged on. You know what it's done is it's just pivoted to money. It used to be like a feud. Like there right. was Rory and the boys yeah, over yeah, here, yeah, the Finns yeah. and the Jets. So like, we're going to fight it out in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Now it's just sort of like everyone's lined up in a boardroom waiting to get paid. Who's 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 going to how, – how are they basically going to split up the money? Yeah, like even the John Rahm defection, I'll mm-hmm. use that term for it, it kind of lost some of its zest because you realized it was just this gargantuan sum of money that no one could turn he down. He just wanted to get the money, and then and then when the tours were reunited, that's what he's betting on, yeah, right? Like he's it, betting on reunification, and then he gets to keep his live money, and then he also maybe gets a share of this SSG money. Like, I went back, and I was looking at what he said about, you know, live versus PGA, and I'm like, yeah, it rings hollow, but... You kind of understand what he's doing. It's not live versus PGA anymore. And he just realized it and was like, I'm going to get paid. And I'm not going to get paid. Generation of generations of ROMs are going to be paid. Like, that's what you're talking about. Generational wealth. Okay. We we got to do generational wealth. Let's go make some money, Jason. How do you like that for a segue? Nice. I like it. It is time now for our lock of the week presented by Play Now Sports. Are you looking to up the excitement of the big game? If so, sign up at Playnow Sports, make a $10 sports bet, and receive a $58 free bet to use on the biggest football game of them all. Visit playnow.com forward slash super 58 to learn more. Conditions apply. You must be 19 plus to play. And if you gamble, use your game says, okay, so what we're doing this week, we're not going to do our game picks. We're going to do some prop bets. Okay. Go. Um, I know a lot of people are frustrated that Taylor Swift gets a lot of attention and will get a lot of attention. Um, I find it entertaining how easily people are angered by this. So I'm going to lean into it. And I'm also going to need Travis Kelsey to have a really big game. Lots of catches. I want to see him involved out there. Lots of big plays, maybe a touchdown or two. Because I'm taking over five and a half camera shots. Okay. Of Taylor Swift on the CBS broadcast. Now, this has to be from opening kickoff. Oh, okay, okay. From opening kickoff to the final play of the game. Whistle to whistle. You got to play within the lines. So it wouldn't count if it's during the national anthem. It wouldn't count if, let's say, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift is on TV celebrating. That I don't think that would count either. It's... Um, again, it's whistle to whistle, start of the game to finish of the game. I feel like there's got to be at least six shots of her during the game, but I need Travis Kelsey to be a big part of this game because anytime, anytime he makes a big play, they're going to show a shot of her, right? Like has to, has to be. So, uh, lean into the Taylor Swift angle of this game and take the over Five and a half. That way you get to cheer. If you get frustrated with with constant shots to ta- to Taylor Swift, at least you get to cheer for the over. You know, I'm finding solutions, and that is my lock of the week. Lock 
Get away. I don't use the term genius often. Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> I am trying to find value in the Super Bowl MVP odds. Now, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. If Travis Kelsey has an MVP-type performance, that could be good for you, and that's great, but it's not great for betters. I started looking at some of the longer-shot guys. Here's one that really drew my attention. Debo Samuel. You can get him at 20-1 to 1 odds right now. The return is huge. Think about a few things here, okay? The last time the Niners went to a Super Bowl, back in 2020, and Jimmy Garoppolo was a quarterback, Debo got targeted a game high nine times in the passing game. Last week, Debo comes back for an injury, plays in the NFC Championship against Detroit, gets targeted, this time by Brock Purdy. What does this have to do with Taylor Swift, though? A game, uh, nothing, a game (laughs) high nine times. Now think about this. The last five Super Bowl MVPs, Three have gone to quarterbacks, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Two of them have gone to wide receivers. Cooper Cup with the Los Angeles Rams, and then Julian Edelman way back in 2019 when the New England Patriots won their most recent Super Bowl. So all I'm saying is that it's a long shot, yeah. But if you're looking for value on one of those long shots, I think a guy like Debo Samuel, who's been to the Super Bowl before and is a dynamic playmaker, could be a difference maker. Here's the thing. If you were to throw down, let's say, 15 bucks on Debo to win MVP, you would win $300. That's all I got to say. Lock it up. Lock it away. Experience the thrill of every pass and every touchdown during the big game with Play Now Sports. BC safe and secure betting site. You must be 19 plus to play. And if you gamble, use your game sense. It's Ask Us Anything Friday here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. I'm going to throw this one out there. Okay, I'm going to throw this one out there so we can answer it on the other side. Everyone is responsible, especially you, because I know how much you love potato chips. Okay? Okay. Ask us anything. Uh, this is from... <laughs> I, I'm known for liking potato chips. And, and garlic bread. Uh, ask us anything. I love starch. This is a long one, but just stick with us here, okay? On a recent road trip with a buddy, we got into the hot topic of, if you could invent a flavor of potato chips, what flavor would it be after much back and forth and Googling? It seems we're missing out in Canada on every flavor we thought was invented, such as pizza flavored Doritos, spaghetti bolognese, Caesar salad, and hot dog. So now he's asking us what flavor of potato chips would you guys invent? We're going to think about it. We're going to come back on the other side. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the people's show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I did not eat four burgers. Yes, it's the Moj. I don't want to go to Winnipeg. Nobody wants to go to Winnipeg. Yes, I love food. It's the Moj. Yeah. Yes, it's the Moj. Halford's fine, but, you know, Bruff is just grumpy all the time. Moj, 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 Moj. It's the Moach, 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 Moach,
Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate dealer. Today we are in hour two of the program. The music suggested it might be Moj time. Who's to say, though? Uh, hour two of this program is brought to you by Primetime Craft Beer. Meticulously brewed for quality and taste, Primetime is full flavor without compromise. You can find it at a liquor store near you, or you can visit the brewery to see how it's made. Uh, we go now to the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. Moj, Bob the Moj Marjanovic, joins us now on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Moj? Happy Friday, gentlemen. How's it going, buddy? Are you excited for Super Bowl week? You guys are off to Vegas soon, yeah? Yeah, head out to Vegas on Sunday. It's going to be really interesting, and to me, I'm really intrigued about Vegas hosting the Super Bowl. I think it could be probably the best site for a Super Bowl. And I'm also thinking it probably could be the worst site. And, I mean, the best site in terms of everything that it has to offer, and the big thing is everything's tight. I mean, it's on the Strip, right? Um, That's a a real big key in terms of logistics for people that attend these things. Um, And then yet there's a part of me that thinks to myself, and and by the way, the vibe, because you got to realize that if you're not at the game, probably the next best place to be is Vegas with all the wagering that's going on. But then there's a part of me that says just how pricey and how, well, how overpriced this could be, right? I mean, it's, we know that the Super Bowl is a corporate event, but there still are fans that do show up and hang out and do things. And But, I mean, you just can't show up and hang out in Vegas, right? Yeah. I mean, it's so overpriced. I don't know what the hell's gone on in the last decade, but you guys know what it's like. I mean, when we were down there, even with our 10, back in the old days with our station and the junkets that we used to have, even then, I, you know, stuff that was basically all free. And I'm sitting there myself, so like, you know, looking at the prices and everything, it's just, it's, it's just so expensive. Like, you know, a $70 can there cost you like 120 US. Well, hotel room rates, I just booked for a weekend in March. And it was crazy what rates were. What are they? Have you booked your? I imagine you booked your hotel. What did? What did, like? What, were you shocked by the the sticker price? Actually, not that bad because Mike Whittingham, our executive producer, basically books all this stuff like a year in advance. Yeah. So, are you we, staying in Reno? No, we're actually <laughs> staying in in right on the Strip, Mandalay Bay. So. Oh, okay. That's um, not bad. Yeah. So we're going to be right down there. But Mike does a great job of taking care of all our travel, like. You know, literally a year in advance. Like he'll book our flights for next year's Super Bowl. I don't even know where it is next year. Probably within the next week, and then all the hotel rooms and stuff. So usually we wind up getting good rates. And I did look at the NFL media um, hotel that and the rates that they sent out there. It was at the Excalibur. <laughs> of really? all the hotels, really? it was the excess media to Excalibur. But I think it was like even the NFL rates weren't that bad. I was like, they do a pretty good job. I think it was like two sixty-five US a night or something like that. Uh, next year's Super Bowl is at the Caesars Superdome. I didn't realize it has a naming rights now uh, in New Orleans. Now there's the best city for hosting a Super Bowl. Yeah, by far, thus far. How is right? the? Because ever look, I had friends of mine that went down to the NFL draft. In Las Vegas, they were big. They're Seahawks season ticket holders, and they actually got. Mm-hmm. They were there were not many Seahawks fans in attendance, so a bunch of NFL PR flacks moved them to the front of the crowd when it was time for the Hawks to pick. So it looked like there were some Hawks fans there. Anyway, they said that having that kind of event in Vegas was amazing because of what you were talking about. Everything's packed in tight and close, and proximity is not a problem for anything. You can get anywhere and do everything within a matter of steps, which is great. Yeah, and, and you know, when I look back, probably the one the one Super Bowl that really sticks out in terms of being the complete opposite was Jacksonville. 
Oh, I mean, yeah. Jacksonville was just, it was, it was, it was a good time. Don't get me wrong. We had a lot of fun there, but in terms of logistics, I mean, you were going from like North van to Abbotsford to white rock to Surrey to Vancouver in terms of like, you know, I'm talking distances. It was absolutely crazy how big that city is and how spread apart everything was. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Vegas pulls this off. The only concern that I have is like for those fans, because there are a lot of fans that show up in the city that don't go to the game, but they'll hang out and just kind of catch the vibe and all that. But man, I just wonder if Vegas is going to, you know, just outprice those fans, so to speak. We're speaking of Bob, the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Okay, Moj, let's pivot to the local hockey squadron, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, big trade uh, this week already, and now Elias Lindholm, I can actually see him on our televisions here in the studio talking about his new team and his new teammates. Uh, the trade itself, and Rutherford and Alvin's aggressiveness to add such a big piece well in advance of the March 8th deadline. What does it mean for the psyche of the Vancouver Canucks? I remember talking to a player one time when the trade deadline was approaching and, you know, I said, what do you think you guys are going to do? He goes, we're going to do what we always do. Nothing. Right. And it was just such a defeatist attitude. I never forgot that comment. And it, it just kind of reminded me of how important sometimes that deadline is to teams and by acquiring players, the, psychological boost you give to a team the, the fact that you know management believes in us and they're going out and getting us additional pieces now granted sometimes you might lose a piece but in this case i don't think losing andre kuzmenko is going to really disrupt the chemistry of this team um he's not one of the core leaders so to speak so you know you bring in lindholm and it just tells that group hey we believe in you and we're going for it and to me that's just it's a huge huge it should be a huge boost of confidence because of the fact that, you know, management has gone out and done this. I think the other thing too, that kind of, you know, has been lost in the mixture is that they didn't wait until the deadline to get this deal done. They're getting 16 additional games of Elias Lindholm by making the trade now, as opposed to the deadline. Right. And I've never figured this out either. If I was an NHL GM, and I was trading an asset away this early, this, you know, like weeks before the trade deadline, that's one of the things that I would hold against the other team. I go, okay, you want this asset? Well, guess what? You're getting him for an additional 14, 15, 16, whatever games. You're going to be paying an extra. Um, You're going to be paying extra here. And, you know, for the Canucks to go out there and get Lindholm, number one, what it does for the team and and the morale of the team, it's not like it was down low or anything like that, but it just shows the group confidence. And the other thing, too, is, they get him for 16 games. I mean, if he's good for, say, one or two wins, and you're in a tight Western Conference race with whoever, um, could prove to be the difference. We're speaking to Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Moj is a presentation of the Clayton Public House. Reserve your spot for the big football party at the Clayton Public House, hosted by Sportsnet 650. You can visit them online at theclaytonpub.com. Clayton Public House, good food, good people, a good time. So Sunday, huge day for the Canadian Football League, Moj. One of their play-by-play guys is flying to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Also, the CFL negotiation window opens on Sunday. Uh, talk to us about the Lions, Matthew Betts, and Ben Hladek. Well, those two are, are probably the two biggest Lions uh that are left that are unsigned. And I just have a funny feeling that Matthew Betts is going to try the free agent market and somebody will back up the Brinks truck for him. And I think he's just going to price himself out of the lines. I mean, you know, 
you got to think two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollar range. Probably, I you know, I would probably say it gets maybe somewhere around two seventy five, two eighty. I don't know if the lines want to go more than two fifty. Um, and, and there are flaws in Matthew Betts' games. As great as the season he had last year, remember that you know he's not that great against the run. Um, so are you willing to go out there and pay that type of money for Matthew Betts? And conversely, you look at a guy like Ben Halatic, who as a Canadian linebacker is going to command some pretty good bucks. But, you know, at least with Halatic, uh, I think the Lions and what they have in Ryder Varga, they're pretty high on Ryder Varga, the kid out of Saskatchewan. And they could probably wind up seeing both these players walk, right? So you ask yourself the question, well, what do they do? It's interesting because Neil McAvoy said that this team will basically spend to the cap, yet at the same time, he says they're probably going to be day two players. Well, if that's the case, I mean, you're going to have a lot of resources on, quote, day two. So, you know, maybe you go after a guy like William Stanbeck, the running back out of Montreal, who obviously has a relationship with Vernon Adams Jr. during their time there. So maybe that's a guy that they might approach. You know, Brady Oliveira's still out there, and, you know, he's a big ticket. Uh, do you take the resources that you would have for bets and shift them to Oliveira? I don't think the Lions will do that. I haven't heard anything of that sort. But, you know, hey, what are you going to do with all that money? So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays itself out. But, you know, if bets and Halatic leave, if they both leave, it wouldn't shock me. Um, what is the story with Brady Oliveira? He's asking anywhere probably up to three, maybe he'll probably settle for 250, if anything. But, you know, as many people have pointed out, everybody looks at the money that Geno Lewis got last year as a receiver, and it set a dangerous precedent because they sent, I think, 320 or something like that. He was over three, just a shade over 300. So, mm-hmm. you know, now a guy like Brady Oliveira says, well, if he's worth 320, I should be worth 300, right? So, and I think. CFL GMs are going to have to play a little hardball in here saying, you know, that's not the new standard. That was an outlier. So I think that's why you're seeing a lot of these players probably hit free agency and seeing if they can hit that home run, whether it's AJ or pardon me, AJ Olette or Brady Oliver or Matthew Betts. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes down. Oliveira seems like a good dude. I follow him on Instagram, and he goes and rescues dogs all over the uh, all over the province. And like he actually does have a pretty big heart. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a connect connection with them as well. Um, I remember talking to Brock Besser about this. They were at North Dakota at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Casual friends, not besties by any means, but, you know, from what Brock told me, they knew of each other and, you know, kind of followed each other a little bit. But I know that – and the kind of – you know, it's interesting because both of these guys have done fairly well in their careers and still keep in touch. So, yeah, so there's a little bit of a connect connection there between – Oliver and Besser. Uh, okay, before we let you go, Mojin, I feel bad about throwing you on the spot here because we have all uh, taken a lot of time to think about this. I introduced this Ask Us Anything prior to the break. So the four of us here have had time to think about our answers. But you know what? You're a pro. You know your food. And I feel like you'll be okay with this. If you had to invent a new potato chip flavor, you can go Anywhere you want across the board, but it's got to be new and it's got to be unique. What would be the Moj's new release to the general public? The Moj flavored chip. Actually, you know what? Not a Moj flavored chip. A Moj choice for flavored potato chip. Yeah, I don't. I don't want okay. a Moj flavored <laughs> chip. <laughs> There's a lot of cologne um, in this chip. <laughs> I would probably. We would have to have some heat because I love. Yeah, yeah, spice. yeah, yeah. Right. 
Um, I think somebody's already done like Cajun or Creole type chips. Maybe something along the lines of some sort of hot sauce. Maybe a Chipotle chip. Okay. Maybe a Tabasco flavored chip. Something along those lines that has a little heat to it. Right. Oh, by the, you know what? I'm going to cut you off because you you went down a road. I did want to ask you, and I think you probably have more uh, history and experience here. Have you ever gone like insanity pepper style with like Scotch bonnets or ghost peppers? Oh, yeah. or anything? Yeah. You can, and you can handle that okay? No. Oh. I, I love my heat. <laughs> yes, and no. No, I, I love my heat, right? And a friend of mine brought some stuff back from New Orleans. I think it was called Dave's Insanity Sauce. Yeah. And like you literally had to take a toothpick of this stuff. Yeah. Like you could not. This isn't like, you know, you spread it on, you know, like a, like it's mustard or ketchup or anything. Like you literally had to take a toothpick of the sauce and it was so hot. No, but I mean, here's the thing with, with, with heat and spice and, and sauce, particularly sauces, I guess. It has to complement the food. It can't overpower the food. I agree. Right. It has to complement. And if you're sitting there, you try something, and all of a sudden you're gasping for air. Sorry, that's it's 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 not it's not it's not serving its purpose. I want I want a sauce that complements my food. I don't want stuff that. Yeah, I'll tell you a place that has great sauces, by the way, that quote complement your food. Okay, a little plug here. A place called Simba's in Burnaby. Yeah, it's right on the border of Canada and Boundary. It's been around forever. Good friend Kirshen. And his sauces, he makes his own sauces there. Like they have, like, it's an African fusion type place. So basically a lot of meat, like, you know, meats and curries. But Hamble, ha, uh, a mango habanero, a blueberry habanero, a habanero and a pure curry. They, they make it all in-house. Oh, my God. Oh, I know like, this place. Best, this, is the the one on, this is the one on Boundary. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, it's called Simba's. Simba's. Yeah, nice. He makes the best sauces. And they got heat. But at the same time, they don't have overpower. They complement. And it's just, uh, to me, like, the best homemade sauces I've had, especially uh, in a restaurant. You know, we might have missed the most obvious one for a Moj-inspired chip would be the jambalaya-flavored chip because they don't actually have one on the market right now. Right. Think yeah. about it this week, Moj. We could be onto something here. Okay, boys. Have yourself a great weekend. You too. Thanks. That's Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Okay. we I gave everyone plenty of time to come up with uh, now, I'm going to start with Jason because you love a potato chip, mm. especially at midnight, a little late night snacking. Right. Yeah. How about a how about a tartar sauce chip? Damn you, bruff. You just completely sabotaged mine, but that's okay. That is a good idea. <laughs> a couple, couple guys that <laughs> eat well, eh? Just both <laughs> yeah. went to like, they tried tartar sauce? Well, okay. You know what we I can made do? my own tartar sauce last night. Did you? One, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm getting into? The uh, prep delivery stuff. Oh, so the it's all Hello prep. Fresh and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've turned into quite a cook. When all the ingredients <laughs> and the instructions are easily laid out for you, yep. I, I am quite enjoying it. it I, I find that it takes, it makes cooking less intimidating. Like I'm almost 50 years old. I'm finally learning how to cook. And That's a good not, thing. No, no, no. But not only is it um, like I'm eating better, I'm saving money because even though it's a little more expensive to order that stuff, it means that I'm not like you know, going out to eat as much. And um, you learn things as you go. You're, mm-hmm. you, you don't necessarily need to 
um, order the meals. Like once you've done it, you're like, oh, I didn't know that sure. was the way you did it, right? You, I you can now do that. Know, you now know how to make a tartar sauce, a tartar sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like really chopping up Thomas pickles tartar. and everything. Yeah, it was uh, finely diced capers. Yeah, a little bit of fresh dill. You should have. You should have seen me go. Now uh, this is crazy. This really speaks to the chemistry, natural chemistry that Halford and Bruff have. We did not plan this, but my potato chip flavor was going to be uh, a fish and chip. Potato chip. Because you got the base, right? Mm-hmm. The chip is the chip. Yeah. Right? Fried or like crisp, whatever. Then you add the flavor of the fish, mm-hmm. the malt vinegar, the gravy, and most importantly- Gravy? the Yeah. Gra- gravy granules, because oh. that goes on your fries. And most importantly- That's a lot of stuff on a chip. Yeah. It's like an all-dressed chip. All right. It's everything. M- mushy peas. That was like a British one. Wildly underrated part of the experience. Okay. Put it all together into Would there a be chip. any tartar sauce there? And what you'd do is you'd sell them in conjunction with the tartar sauce chips. Tartar sauce. Eat one and eat what the other one. What about the tartar, just the tartar sauce dip? You could combine them. You could. have it all in a bag. Yeah. Mm. So when are you guys and going I, for I fish and chips popcorn. after the show? Are you guys going for lunch? You know what? There's a So Cockney Kings is the clear-cut number one fish and chip place. There was one in North Burnaby. We went to it all the time. It's still there. They just opened one up in Kits. Oh, okay. Do they? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's brand new. So is it? You, is it? Is it? <laughs> this is like Fargo. Is it reasonable? Is it reasonable? <laughs> oh yeah, real good. Um, okay, Ben, you're up. So for Vancouverites, yeah, a sushi flavored chip. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. I think it could be really good. And you have a chips and dip option. Put in some soy sauce. Yeah, right. What but you have to specifically know what kind of sushi. Can't well, you? Well, like I'm going to do a di- sushi flavor. I'm going to do a dynamite roll flavored okay. chip, and okay. then like a salmon roll flavored chip. Because they've with avocado. They, they've gone salmon roll. That's yeah, that's a, it's a question. Yeah, you, you don't want it fishy. Yeah, fish flavor. You chip. have the no, fish fried side nice. of the dynamite roll if you want that. Someone texted in a spicy tuna roll. Yep, I could be into that. So I'm like, get into that. That's yeah. the fishy part of it. Yeah, I know. I don't mind. If, <laughs> I don't, I don't like fishy. It. What about tuna? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind a fishy the spice, chip. The spice takes out some of the fishiness. I don't mind a fishy chip. I've had shrimp chips before. They're, they're I don't quite like. Nice. Uh, I don't care for them. Mm. They got a certain funk to them. Yes, funk. I don't uh, mind a fishy chip. Was not a phrase I expected to hear on the show <laughs> yeah, today. I don't even have to reset Laddie, it. I want it out there. What's okay, yours? I was I was branching out. I was thinking maybe on the lines of of Halford's idea of a lot of flavors in one. I was thinking of like a turkey dinner. For Thanksgiving, uh, have the stuffing LA flavor, some cranberry, yeah. maybe just mix in everything you want. Yeah. Anything mm. you get in a turkey dinner, in the chip flavor, because that is the next. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about this. My kid once told me, "I said, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And he said, "A potato chip tester." And I was like, "That's the best answer I've ever heard." Like you there want, was video game tester. There was, there was there was no there was no right answer, but somehow you found it. Yeah, um, he's like, "You're gonna completely give up trying in school." Yeah, I'm like, "Go for it, son." You shoot for that rainbow, or in this case, the potato chip. Uh, your, your daddy has a useless job, too. Yeah, that's right. I only work three hours a day. I'm going to talk about even, you becoming a potato chip. Some people don't even <laughs> consider it work. A lot of people don't. Anyway, um, the, if you look at the evolution of potato chip flavors, it's you have to start doing the combinations, right? So Lay's came out with a line of very famous sandwiches, like... Cubano sandwiches, where it's, it's a bunch of different flavors going on at once, right? Mm-hmm. The Reuben chip? Yeah, and that's where you have to go with this, because the the single flavors are gone. That, that ship sailed a long time. What a lot of people are bringing up, and we didn't address, is doing, you flip it, you take a savory thing, a potato chip, and you go sweet, right? So, like, cake, or, you know... 
mint chocolate chip, which it really throws you for a loop because that's kind of what they're doing with sodas now, pop, if you will. Could right. you do chocolate? Like a chocolate chip. That exists. I know, I know. So, like a, cho- a chocolate covered potato chip is out there. It's been done, right? Mm-hmm. I think what you need to do is you need to go down like the lineage of uh, really elaborate desserts, we're, like a creme brulee so chip, or... chocolate covered potato chip. Okay. Those exist. Okay, we're gonna wash all this chip talk down with yeah. an actual sports. Ask us anything. Fine. Just you know what? We'll do sports. Ask us anything, John from the Big C. What do you guys think of the Seahawks trading DK Metcalf? He's been totally underutilized the last few years. And with their quarterback situation, that will probably continue. I'm sure they could get a pretty good haul for him. Um, I would rather see someone come in and better utilize him. Like, I don't particularly like... DK's personality and I think he does some good stuff but he's so talented that it's not like like I don't like DK's personality I don't like Jamal Adams personality mm-hmm. um, but, there's but a Jamal there. Adams isn't very good so I'm like cut that guy I don't want to see him anymore with DK he's he's such a talent that I think with the right coordinator and maybe the, uh, an improvement in quarterback which could be an issue um, like you've got a real weapon there. I think this brings up a bigger picture question of how much personnel change will there be? That's a good question. With John Schneider now the power guy, and Mike McDonald the new head coach, and there's going to be a new defensive coordinator. Although that job might just be like a little lesser because Mike McDonald is going to call all the defensive plays. Yeah, but there's going to be a new offensive coordinator. And if these rumors about Ryan Grubb taking the job... I can't hear his name and not laugh. I know, Grubb. Grubb. Yeah, try not to get eaten. Grubb, Grubb. By a bird. Oh, Um, Grubb, Grubb. If if that's true, like the rumors about the Seahawks going after Michael Penix Jr. are going to go through the roof. Well, okay, I'm glad you brought this up because there's a couple different wrinkles here. One is, what are you going to get in return, hypothetically? Now... The bar, and it's a high bar, and Metcalf won't reach us, but the bar is when the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill's a better, and some would say much better receiver. I don't know if he's much better, but he's better, and he's got more inherent value than DK Metcalf. But that trade netted the Chiefs five draft picks. Five. Like, that is a ton of draft capital, right? Now, Mm -hmm. take a step back. Let's say you're not going to get that kind of haul for DK Metcalf, but maybe you're going to get three additional picks. If you're going to go in a completely different direction on offense anyway, because think about it, they're going to have to move on from Tyler Lockett because he's not getting any younger. So eventually he'll be gone. If you want to center this offense around Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ken Walker, and then whoever your new, and Zach Charbonnet, and whoever your new quarterback is going to be, does it make sense to pull the trigger now when his value is high? As opposed to diminished returns year over year for Metcalf. I think it's a really intriguing idea. You've also got a young coach that's coming in who's looking to do different things than Pete Carroll. By the way, before we go to break... There's a bit of news. Yeah, there's a trade that just got... Well, it's not consummated yet, but it sounds as though it's getting really close There's a lot of foreplay. There is a lot of foreplay involved. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It's not finalized, but it sounds as though another of the high-profile UFA centers that were going to be available is off the market. All indications, according to multiple insiders, are that the Montreal Canadiens have traded Sean Monahan to the Winnipeg Jets. So we're already seeing an arms race down the middle in the Western Conference. Two of the top teams in the Western Conference have already added centers. The Vancouver Canucks. I'd rather have Lindholm. 
Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. He's a better player. But what a coup for Montreal, though. They get a first for taking on. I Lyman, know, and now they're probably going to get a second. Uh, the the return has not been, yet been announced, no. but uh, it's obviously the two A or three A compared to Elias Lindholm. But still, a pretty tidy piece of business from the Montreal Canadiens flipping Sean Monahan. Here's the important thing, and a real downer for everyone that's got to work on trade deadline day. It is February second, and two of the biggest names are already off the board. Sean Monahan on his way to the Winnipeg Jets. So the Vancouver Canucks and the Winnipeg Jets, two of the best teams in the Western Conference, get out to the early shopping for trade deadline. We got one final hour to come here on the Halford and Bruff show. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick hour next. Rick Dollywall and Vancouver Canucks head coach Rick Tockett coming up on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650.